0: Hey there, this is Matt from Austin. I love the hot shoe that you guys have there. I shoot with a uh, Mamiya RZ67, and I'm actually building a four x five. Pretty exciting. Anyway, heard the number, had to call. It's a thing. Have a great day, guys.
1: Bye. Yo. Hey.
0: Film Photography Podcast, the internet radio show for people who love to shoot film. This is episode 81, May 1st, 2013. (laughs) Hey, this is Michael so I'm here in the uh, Presidential Suite at the Finlay Inn and Conference Center in beautiful downtown Finlay, Ohio. And it's awesome. (laughs) Folks out there listening, the set is reminiscent of the Johnny Carson Show. (laughs) It's great. And Ed McMahon is... uh, Right over there. Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, with me, of course, is Matt Mirashi hey, hey, how's it going, guys? And Leslie Lazenby.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: This is going to be a fun show. We've got a lot of topics to discuss. We're going to dive right in. And I, I think that the most important thing to talk about first, I was unaware, but apparently it's <laughs> today, Today, May 1st is...
1: May 1st, International Kami Camera Day. Can you elaborate? No. It's a Flickr. Who do you want that now? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> he taught me everything I know. <laughs> when in doubt, just say no. It's a Flickr group, as are many of these camera day extravaganzas, such as uh, Roy 2012, 2013. Right. Pinhole Day. Uh, pinhole Day, 420. No, 420 is a little bit more. That's a, that, that. that's
2: a different day, yeah. Yes,
1: it is. Or like um, Roll a Day, Rad, Roll mm-hmm. a Day, that type of thing. So another mm-hmm. Flickr type of group to keep people shooting and encourage you and inspire you and narrow down the field a little bit and that kind of thing.
0: I brought one of them, this monster <laughs> camera, which Matt's eyebrow went up. I was like, "Oh, I gotta shoot with that." Oh yeah, it's a Kiev six C. It's a, a one hundred and twenty SLR camera, and I know very little about it except I'm, I'm the person who bought it. I can tell you, I bought it on eBay. I don't have the gentleman's name, but he's a very good seller. It seems like there's one or two or three guys that sell directly from Ukraine. You know,
1: I bought one from the Ukraine as well. It's probably it might the same be the guy. same
0: guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Ve- customer service was excellent. It came super speedy the body didn't work the camera i received was stuck on one shutter speed so i emailed him like oh man my camera doesn't work send out another body lickety split excellent so i'm i'm here right now with this beautiful camera and it is a, a f2.8 lens and it is a, a 90 millimeter f2.8 lens yeah i know nothing about this so please
1: did, did you did you specifically hunt it down because you wanted a kiev what uh, prompted you to look for it and buy it
0: uh about two years ago uh dan Domi donated one to the show mm-hmm. and we gave it away ah. and i had tested it and, I'm like, and now that's gone i'm like hey you know what that was you know I, I i kind of was jonesing for shooting with a 120 slr
1: yes like correct. i just
0: i forgot
2: of course how bulky incredibly <laughs> bulky they can be yeah yeah it's now, heavy now the kiev as as being the kind of knockoff brand that kiev was Everything they make is, is gonna be a little bulkier than the rest. Uh, if you want something a little smaller, uh the camera this is modeled after, the Pentacon six, mm-hmm. uh definitely a little more compact, uh nowhere near as much also bulk Kia? on the top. No 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 Pentacon. That's Pent- it's, oh. it's a different that's like the Japanese cult camera. It's Pentax. Yeah. Yeah. Like pre Pentax pre Pentax, yeah. It's uh, old.
0: Some FPPers that have showed up to various meetups have yes. shown up at one, right?
2: um i haven't seen a pentacon six honestly i mean we have seen pentax uh six sevens and stuff now the six seven that's the big bulky th- i mean that makes the kiev look light it's even bigger but yeah uh no the kievs are they're really neat cameras they kind of have like their own like you can always tell when it's like a kiev versus a hasselblad or something like yeah. the lens has its own kind of like soft stuff this going looks on. Uh, like
0: it was made in a machine like a machine shop
2: oh yeah
1: like, oh absolutely like it a really
0: was. you know like a like a machine shop like factory exactly it's like it's not smooth the the edges aren't rounded very well you know it's kind of blocky
2: i remember dan talking about his kiev he said if you ever want to learn how to repair cameras by a kiev oh because there's like there's always something yeah with them so if you get a good one it's like wow yeah and now that uh
0: mark Dalzell hipped us to rick olson online yes you could like you can see all the schematics for cameras, and you could repair them yourself if you dare. I don't dare. I don't dare. I just <laughs> hand them to Mark.
1: <laughs> I've been awfully brave doing that lately.
0: This is going to be another show where Mark Dalzell is not present, but his name is mentioned like twenty-five, thirty well, times. He well, there's something wrong with Hearing something very popular about him.
1: There is. It's yeah. Easy to keep him in line that way. Yes. <laughs> yes,
0: indeed. So that's my Kiev six C. I just you know received it recently. I'm um, I'm shooting with it. Uh, you know, this month. I'm anxious to see the results. I actually have one shot on Flickr. Uh, it's that square, black and white Ilford uh, 3200. What's that called? Ilford? Delta? Delta. Del- Delta. Ilford yeah. Delta 3200 of, uh, of a, a lake in New Jersey. Oh, well, it's a square yes. frame yeah. Suits 12 yeah. up. It's 12, yeah, I just want everyone to know out there because, you know, I forget to mention a bunch of stuff every show. A, I forget to mention that we have show notes. So if you're listening to the show, I mean, I never plug the show notes it's almost like assumed you know like oh yeah check out the show no notes. I, I think new listeners don't know that you can go to filmphotographyproject.com click podcast and you will see all the podcasts and if you click a particular podcast you'll get a whole bunch of show notes these
2: days written by our good friend Alex
0: Lauks he does a heck of a job he with really those does. show notes i mean they are
2: they are like two three blog posts worth of stuff i mean because we do talk about mm-hmm. a lot and there's there's good quality you know of, of information and, and just, just like, kind of puts it together
0: and just like fp 3000b he's super speedy <laughs>
2: <laughs> we also are on
0: facebook if you're one of these facebook people <laughs> <laughs> those people <laughs> yeah uh if you're one of these facebook people <laughs> You can go to Film Photography Podcast, like us. Uh, You can also find us on Flickr.com. If you're not on Flickr.com, the long-standing FPP Film Photography Podcast group on Flickr. It's loads of fun and has a very active thread. Very, very active. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's places to find us. I think a nice segue would be to just break
2: things up a little bit and read a letter.
0: Mail's in. Hey, that sounds good, Mike. Excellent. Yeah,
2: what do you got, Matt? Ah, mm-hmm. oh, we have a listener letter from Mark Hargis.
1: Hi, Mark. Hey,
2: Mark. Hey, hey, guys. First, I recently discovered your great podcast, and after listening to your first three episodes from the be- very beginning of the show, my only question is, why didn't I find this podcast sooner? It's now the only podcast on my phone. Yes, you guys are the best. Nice. Personally, I'm an avid film photographer. I recently finished up a degree in the photography in photography at college, and two years ago, halfway through my degree, sold all my digital gear. At the time, I thought I was crazy, and looking back, I couldn't have made a better decision. Hmm. Admittedly, my my beginning work on film is nothing short of failure, but now I feel I've made some great strides. I shoot a Wiesner four by five right now, as well as a Canon thirty five. Well, it's like Mike Jr. B- the best of Mike Rosso right here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm an avid, I'm an avid follower of the new topographics movement, and I'm hoping to get some information from you guys in regards to the current photographers old or new, that are deeply involved with the movement. Does anybody know about that? I don't know
0: anything about it. You have to tell us. What is a top- New topo- topographics.
2: Topography? I don't believe I, I do. I'm pretty sure that's like the... Mo- now, I'm probably super wrong about this, but I believe the new topographics movement are people that are covering the... kind of like the evolving uh, Amer- not American landscape, but just the uh. the 21st century landscape. So not, not the traditional black and white Ansel Adams kind of thing, but the color... Um, inclusion of all of these man-made elements kind of taking over what was the traditional landscape. So uh when someone is documenting like industry and the effects of that amidst, you know, the landscape, that kind of look. I I it's believe a group or a club? No, no it's well It's I, loose. It, not loose. It's just kind of a, a like a What fo- was a, called? Yeah, it's like it's uh its own photographic uh well he said movement but like Genre. genre. Yes, yes, yes kind of like that. And I, kinda, I feel like Urbex has evolved from new topographics. New topographics okay. is like a new name placed on something that people have been doing for 50, 60 years now. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, and at last, I'm, I'm wanting to dump my 35mm uh, gear and move into medium format Fuji in the 6x9 format. Ooh. I shot one during my college time, and I fell in love with the image size. The ratio is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Any tips or advice on the camera? Best place to purchase? Or is a camera that's better? Well, 6x9, there's not a lot of choices. You can get an older school folder... Or or the uh, the Fuji six x nine, which is also known as the Texas Leica. They're or huge, the right? Yep, they're huge.
0: Or the Bel Air, a medium format cameras that take one twenty film. Yes. Yes. Okay. And
2: but it's six by nine, so it's oh, eight yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. very few. Mm-hmm. Or is it six? Uh, no, eight. it's not six. It's eight, yeah, it's eight. eight shots. Yeah. Um, I would say the Texas Leica is the way to go. Those images are sharp. Yeah. And um, they a nice and, big neg. A Nice big yes. nag. It has its own unique look, and honestly, contact prints from it look really cool too. So, best yeah. place to get one? K E H. Yeah. I was
1: gonna say K E H.
2: I was thinking it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody should be K E H. So, well, wow, that was a, that was a nice long letter. But thanks, Mark, and uh, we'll have some. We'll have Alex do some research on the <laughs> new topographics movement. Hey, Alex. <laughs> no. Thank you. no, but I, I do have some, uh, some good examples. I can't remember the photographers' names, but there's a lot of it. Uh, I kind of like to think of it as the, the, mod, the 21st century landscape, because that's kind of what it really is. Wow, Wiesner 4x5 and Canon 35. Mike, you yeah. need a Texas Leica. Yeah, <laughs> Texas Leica.
0: Hey, before we read another letter, I just want to... Well, first of all, I want to mention that we talked about the Kiev 6C. I don't know if I mentioned, it takes 120 roll film... Medium format, 12 shots per roll, square. In my hand, folks, is the courier from Thursday, April 11th, 2013. Back when we did the FPP uh, walking workshop. I can't tell you how nice it is to hold in my hand a newspaper. And it's like, I swear, almost, it is like a, almost a full page article. I know called Finlay in a Flash, Film Enthusiasts, to Converge for Weekend Workshop, and is a beautiful shot uh, photographed by Randy Roberts of Leslie and Matt. Is that in the Mecca? Yes, it yeah. is in the Mecca. It, it, it was, when you saw that, pretty cool, right? I mean, you felt like, oh my God. You must, you must have been the talk of the Baker's Cafe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was. Someone did want my autograph today, but... They didn't have 50 cents on were them, people so...
0: Stopping on the, you, people
2: stopping you people on Both of you people stopping you on street? People were
1: looking at me at Meyers today funny. Oh, really? I don't know if that was it or not. Or that if could I used be it.
2: The guy, I, I, the guy at the carryout, I always go and like, get <laughs> snacks for work. Mm-hmm. He, like, I went to buy the paper, and then he thought about it. He's like, you! <laughs> 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 so, no, it was it was good. That's excellent. Yeah, a f- like a full page
0: about uh, our workshop. It's it's pretty amazing. Perhaps we can get a scan. Oh, definitely for the oh. for the show notes or for Flickr.
1: Oh, sure. I brought you a newspaper to take home oh, with you. Oh, that's nice. So fifty cents. I'll autograph it. So, uh, FPP, oh yes,
2: FPP, um, well known. Brandon Nedwick brought up on Twitter that in no less it was in the family section to uh, to help people further further disbelieve that uh, Leslie and I are mother and oh, son. Goodness. Oh. So, <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> and I thought about that later. We should have just given Randy Roberts a fake last name for both of us. That was just same, use the same fake would have last driven name. Yeah,
0: exactly. Because they
1: think that anyway.
0: Uh, some more fun stuff before we move on to a topic. I love giving things away, and we give many things away here on the FPP. But today, I am giving – I have a little story. It's not a very good story, but it's a qu- it's a, it's a quick story, and it involves Mark Dalzell. <laughs> <laughs> about two, three months ago, maybe longer – Leslie, you came to this FPP studio in New Jersey with your Canon FTB, and it had what I would call like the stock B&H type lens. Like you'd buy a camera package, and they'd give you like a Tamron.
1: Well, that th- wouldn't have been a stock lens. I, I had a Tamron twenty-eight seventy 70 Adaptal.
0: It wasn't wowing anybody.
1: Oh, heck no. No,
0: it was like f3.5. Oh, I'm sure. And yes. I was boasting about my favorite lens. My favorite lens is a Canon FD lens. And it is a 50mm, 1.4, S period, S period, C period. And the SSE is in red. And I think it has to do with the way it's coded. And it is my favorite lens in the entire world. My favorite lens. And I have this lens for you right here.
1: No way. Yes. I was going to say something about Sherlock and with something in front of it.
0: Now, you would have had it. Sweet you would have had a months ago now if you actually it has one of those spiff filters on it. <laughs> if you take that off you can see that the glass has never touched air you can see it's like beautiful oh. however oh it, is
1: this gorgeous yeah it's
0: a great lens but i was testing it and all of a sudden it stopped working <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh then this doesn't mean it has to go into the dead canon camera box no no Mecca.
0: i gave it to mark Dalzell who consulted the Rick Olson manual he took the whole damn thing apart oh no way like did this stuff like you you know it's it's fixed completely fixed
1: this is gorgeous yeah
0: it's great it's a great great lens and I can't wait to see that on the FTB.
1: It's at the Mecca right now, just waiting. Yeah. Thank you so oh, very much. Thank very you, welcome. Mark, too, for uh, yeah. making it operational.
0: Yeah, I thank Mark, too, because
2: those, uh, you know. So when's Mark taking the uh, the FPP repair shop full-time? Exactly.
0: <gasps> I wonder what kind of emails he gets. Oh, I bet
2: he gets them all. Yeah.
0: He's like, damn that, Mike Rosso. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, Plug he gets all the name. technical
0: stuff, which is I'm more than happy because I'm not, I'm I'm get out there and shoot, but I'm not
2: get out there and take a lens apart. Oh no, that's so. yeah, that's beyond. That's like mechanical too. Leslie's like gonna leave. I'm
1: out of here. <laughs> she's she's got go. her take. She's go. good. Got a I've, lens. I've, <laughs>
2: I've shot so
0: many Canon FD lenses, and that I can't even explain why it just is my favorite. I think it, it's 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 I just love it.
1: Well, it's always possible amongst a Canon lens. Yeah. Canon does not make all of their own lenses. Oh. No manufacturer does, uh, especially on the exotics. It's too much for them to tool up so they farm it out. You know, what? so also,
0: you could really, you know how some you can so really like focus up nice and close? Yes. That one. That's the one. You know you get a lens
1: 50mm and like you like oh,
2: f. Yeah, you need to get close. Yes, yeah.
1: Exactly. But um, this was probably a Canon made lens. Yeah. Always stayed a Canon made lens. And so it's not uncommon for you to say, well, I like the 50, but, you know, their 85 doesn't thrill me. Yeah. Type of thing, so.
0: The standard 1.8s, they're beautiful too. But sure. This one's like
1: a little extra. I know. Yeah. It, it, I up until just recently never owned a 1.4 lens
2: yeah it's it's funny it's that.
1: bizarre that both of them were given to me
2: you were mentioning canon makes a couple that the other manufacturers don't i think the 55 is one of those like the canon only like they have a 55 millimeter focal actually what started. i meant
1: was canon does not make all their own lenses
2: oh they farm would, out their glass okay
1: well yeah they'll do a specs out and you can go over to the tamron factory in uh, japan and you'll see canon lenses or sony broadcast lens rolling off the line
2: what's the ssc on this one
0: i think it has to do with some Wait, it's coded. Because super super coded? Because there's SC, just SC, and then there's SCC. Don't I mean, I don't know. I'm sure it has something
2: to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. coding. Super sweet coding. Canon <laughs> <Sweet laughs> <and> coding. <laughs>
1: yeah. Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> Let's get right
0: into uh, the big news of the day for May 1st because Something is expiring soon. That's something that's expiring. It's called Kickstarter. Well, first of all, I'd like to mention, and I think you guys will agree, you know, FPP was started in 2009. There's no comparison. Here we are, 2013. Like, there's such a buzz about film that wasn't in 2009. Like, everything seemed to be winding down in 2009. Everything was a bummer. Yeah. Everything was like. Mm. No more 110 film back then. Mm. No more Polaroid film. And I'm amazed now how exciting things are, and how, in a situation like this, with we're going to talk about what's called the travel wide, how like two guys get together and like they're, they're just start a little mini revolution, by like coming out with something that's so cool and doing a Kickstarter
2: that is so successful so quickly. Take it away, Matt. Hey, well. um... One of these guys has actually been a contact of mine for the long, as long as I've been on Flickr. So the two guys you're mentioning, are Ben Syverson and Justin Lundquist, they own a little camera company called Wanderlust Cameras. They started out by making little pinhole cameras for, or little pinhole adapters for your digital cameras, like your point and shoots. They also have digital SLR pinhole ad- adapters, but. I've known Ben. He's always been a 4x5, 8x10 shooter. He's been a huge fan forever of Peter Gowland cameras, so kooky Mm -hmm. little different cameras, and he owns quite a selection of them. They're coming out with this camera. Called the Travel Wide 4x5. Now, imagine this, Mike. A point-and-shoot 4x5 camera with a wide angle and a super wide angle. Mm -hmm. The camera weighs less than your your Canon digital SLR. Weighs less than a Mamiya 7. Weighs way less than your Kiev (laughs) 6C. Weighs just over 500 grams. So we're just over a pound. I mean... Plastic. Yeah, it's plastic. It's yeah. a plastic cone camera on the front of it. It has what's called a helical mount focus. So just a little bit of rotation on this uh, on your lens, and you can actually focus it and get a pretty appreciable depth of field. The camera will take uh, a fixed 90 millimeter lens, which is a an older Schneider. I'm not sure if it's an Angulon or Super Angulon. It's the older 96.8. hmm They sold out of those right away. I know you said you wanted to get in on that before. I'm trying to get in. It, and they and sold out near in instantly. Yeah. <laughs> There's the 90 millimeter, but there's also a super wide, which is a 65 millimeter super angulon f8 that focuses the shots. On the the Kickstarter page, look awesome. I encourage everybody to go over there and look at it. At at the time of recording, they uh, they're almost there. I'm I'm certain that by the time you're listening to this, the Kickstarter has been met, if not exceeded. But you have like a day. They still go there. Yes, yeah, um, it expires Thursday. May 2nd at 11:59 a.m. that's eastern mm-hmm. eastern standard time but still kick these guys some money because 99 buck gets you the, the regular camera 189 buck gets you two cameras one one each the 90mm and the 65mm with that's without the lens but they give you links to go to different places to look for the lenses uh one of them is KEH that they give you the other one is large format photography forum both places that you know, we've talked about here on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Places that I've used f- forever. Just great uh, great resources. Another thing, if they make their goal, which I'm, I have no doubt in my mind it's going to be made, they're including free of uh, one of their own Wanderlust cameras, pinhole adapters for each of the cones. Oh, so nice. if you want to do a, a little bit different kind of look, not so sharp, slap a pinhole right on it. And they're, they're very well made.
0: Tell me about the focus. Like, is it, you mentioned you rotate it and you focus. Will there be notches so you know, like, headshot, two-shot, mountains, like,
2: the uh <laughs> no, that's that's a good that's a good question. Like how do you um gauge I know your focus? I know in one of the te- they have a video on there. Um, it looks like the test model that Ben had that he was moving around with had like some notches on it, but mm-hmm. I don't think the model is going to come with that. You can buy little range finders to kind of you know gauge your your oh. area of focus, not necessarily what's what's going to be in focus, but with with these these wider angle lenses, I think you're not gonna be getting too terribly close, right. but uh, would you say it's it's primarily for like landscape photography definitely like a a yeah definitely travel because it's going to be landscape only unless you rotate you know rotate the camera vertically
0: right right right
2: like that um i've heard some some kind of skeptical concerns about the camera uh, from from different folks a lot of large format shooters are are either very for it or very against i'm for anything that gets people shooting four x five film, you know he, the way they kind of paint it to you know a, a would be shooter is you know look at look at the resolution you can get, look at this gorgeous image. You couldn't get this without doing HDR or something in digital. So why don't you just shoot it with the film? So it gets more people shooting film. I'm all for it. Yeah. There's some Debbie Downers out there. Oh yeah. People are like well. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Well, of course the camera's light because you have to <laughs> carry a million holders on you to to make it worth so being a point and shoot. So People are still going to do it. It's a backpack. I'm going to right. carry my CNR no matter what. If yeah. I want the picture. So, yeah.
0: When you start shooting, like, bigger negatives, even, like, medium format and up, it, it makes a world of difference when you're, like, scanning. You have this big neg. It's awesome. You, you can't describe it. You, you can't until it you see it It makes 35 millimeters seem like one tip. But it also <laughs> yeah. makes
1: your attitude different, too. Yes.
2: You, you think you, about your photography. You sure exactly. You plan yeah. it.
1: You and, set it up. And this is kind of just that,
2: that starting point. And honestly... Uh, to all the Debbie Downers, I say ninety dollars. That's all this thing costs. The there was a camera company over in China making the same kind of cone style four x five, and Ilford makes theirs. The Chinese company before you know, a cu- prior to a couple years ago, they're selling theirs for over twelve hundred dollars. Right. And this is better made. It's made in the USA with three D printing technology. You know, these guys are you know the real people. We know these people. I, I can definitely get behind. They're in these their guys. shooting. They're in there shooting. Work in the trenches, working, getting these things
0: working. Get a lot more people buying sheet film yes into four by five film a lot of folks as you know so many people are jumping into large format format photography and this makes it easy this is the like uh gateway drug this is the gateway drug it is <laughs> the travel wide now
2: my, i do have nefarious reasons for for wanting this to succeed because i talked to ben on twitter and i said when's the 8x10 coming out i said as soon as the 4x5 is successful <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. he's an 8x10 shooter oh okay. that's how i know him mm. and so i know if, if He's as big a Peter Gallon fan as I know he is, an eight by ten will not be far behind, and I will be very much for that.
0: For folks out there who don't know, I, I highly suggest you you research Peter Gallon. You'll get his website, which I believe is run by his wife, because yeah. Peter has passed. Mm-hmm. And he's primarily known as a pinup photographer, but did, was he shooting landscapes? Did he shoot landscapes?
2: Um, it was either early on or later, but there's like a smattering of it, yeah.
0: Or was this the type of camera that Peter Gallon he would design cameras?
2: He, he was more the, yeah, he was a tinkerer. tinkerer. He'd go into the,
0: the desert with a pinup model and like shoot a wide shot of like yeah. a pinup model on the rocks.
2: He it was like location, yeah.
0: Circa 1956.
2: I, I love the design of his cameras, and I know Ben, whenever, whenever an auction comes up, he's either the first one to, to talk about it, or if I like tweet it, he's like... Damn it, I'm going to have to bid on this.
0: (laughs) How can folks listening get to this Kickstarter page?
2: Um, They can, if you Google travel wide. Four by five. It's the first thing that comes up. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, if you search Kickstarter for recently successful or photog- top photography projects, it'll be right there. Um, I will have a link in the show notes. Yes, that'll get you there. And yeah, you can also find them on uh, fl- on the Flickr Wanderlust Cameras, their company. You can also, if you want to see their individual photo streams. I know Ben's is Ben Syverson. Ben. But he, yeah, he's a really cool guy. And he's he's kind of like I, I always look up to him as a role model because he's a couple years older than me, and he's kind of like done everything four or five years before i even get into it and it's cool to me so it's it's really nice to to just kind of see that like oh it's still relevant everything he's doing so
0: yeah yeah it's pretty exciting Uh, a few weeks ago i saw on facebook you know the facebook yeah uh, keith canham he did a post Mm -hmm. mentioning about how oddly cut kodak film actually ships in a a real kodak box did you see that picture yes i did so if you're shooting large format you know people think four by five eight by ten there are otter formats. Tons, like this. Leslie, this five by seven.
1: My I mean. Linhoff five by seven.
0: Do you do you have the do you have the specialty order on a Keith Canum Kodak? No, run?
1: I have a dealership that allows me to get
0: ilford is is five by seven a custom cut for does fuji do five by seven uh, yes, yes
1: they do they you do. can
2: get it on um not directly from the big camera dealers but japan exposures you can get five by seven oh, i was just looking nice. the other day um i've
0: ordered from them they're super speedy the odd sizes
2: <laughs> we're talking about and i for each one of these i know a guy that shoots it six by seven mm-hmm. inches five by eleven six by eleven six by twelve eight eight are, by are eleven are you up on
0: the batches that Keith Cannon was talking about him. Oh,
2: you know, he's really good about that. He's always I always like, you know, share stuff that he he'll be into on facebook mm-hmm. and i can usually find him a guy or two you know that are looking for that film and it's it's really hard because he's up on the social networking but the people that i think are half the people that are consuming the film <laughs> and that's the that's the disconnect yeah but he's, he's doing a good job getting yeah. people together and there's you know all sorts of kooky sizes but more power to you i mean that's the only warning i have to anybody like don't buy a whole plate camera yeah <laughs> because it's going to be cheap and there's a reason it's going to be cheap because ah. the film is going to be hard to do unless you cut it yourself right. from x-ray film
0: which <laughs> So, uh, listeners, Keith Canham, Canham Cameras, that's can, C-A-N-H-A-M, ham, ham. Mm. Uh, Canem cameras, you could buy a large format camera from Keith. They're beautiful. Oh, oh man. G-
1: gorgeous. Yeah.
0: Gorgeous. And you could special order
2: film. Yes. So and once his and it's one of those, most of the time you don't have to pay until the majority has been met. If you order through your local camera store mm-hmm. that gets together with Keith Canem, oh, yeah. you pay up front, and then they send you a check if, if they don't meet the number. But usually, if it's 8x10, 5x7, 4x5, they almost always meet it so right got a little large formatty there i did i like it
0: (laughs) well speaking of large format i would like to say you may have noticed matt that the film photography project the store film photography com, has really
2: stepped up uh i want to say we are some of the cheapest four by five film on the web yeah
0: like right all of now. a sudden, it's like pink four x five format, pink eight x ten for the X-ray film, pink. And recently, we started stocking Ilford film, pink or Ortho Plus. I have to tell tell everyone that I, you know, been doing the show for years now, and it's still super fresh. And I don't mean the film. I mean it's. I'm still always amazed how something exciting is always about. something new. Yeah. Like I got this. Like, oh my God! God. I've, never I've never shot, never shot, this, shot this, this before. before ortho plus a film that you could like load unload look at hold sniff lick in (laughs) with like a seven watt red Red bulb like you can see what you're doing yes Yes.
2: that's the best part it's a
0: real joy to like work like you can can, like even the x-ray film which we're going to talk about same thing, you could load it, unload it, whatever you want to do. You could eat lunch on it with a little seven watt bulb. You can see what you're doing. You can cut it up, yeah. can make strips out of it. That's right. Yeah, you know, all I need, Leslie, is like some kind of grinder that puts like uh, <gasps> sprockets on film. No,
1: we'll get we'll get oh that would be nice. Is yeah. there such a thing? I don't know, but or you could just get a big old stamp thing in the shape of it, mill it out
0: and start making like your <laughs> own 110, 126. Oh, no. Imagine that one uh, twenty six X ray film. <laughs> My God, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> But I you know, I haven't shot with this yet. But Matt, you've been I mean, you've been talking about this stuff for a long time. Yes. There's nothing like you know, when you hear it on the show and then, you know, you actually pick it up and start shooting with it, it's awesome. Yeah, it is. You've been talking about X ray film for a long time.
2: Yeah, I've felt like the guy shouting in the corner about it for like a year or whatever. Yeah, okay, what yeah, you have fun. But when you get your hands on it, it's
1: like, Oh my god. And it has such a nice different look for humans. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes you know what i
1: mean oh it looks into eyes
0: yes you know what i mean by that oh yes it looks
1: into eyes the skin amazing it's amazing
0: so specifically mm-hmm. matt maybe you can help me out with this sure we the green x-ray film which you shot a heck of a lot of
2: oh tons yeah the,
0: the blue x-ray film which i started shooting only because i saw what the green looks like i wasn't sure what the blue was so i started shooting it and then i was recently introduced to this ilford Ortho, ortho Plus. Yeah. What is it really kind of the difference between like between just the medical three? X-ray film and the Ortho Plus?
2: Um, your main difference differences. Um, the Ilford Ortho is is going to have a lot more sensitivity um, to the different color spectra than the oh is that right? The blue green than the blue green X-ray film. The blue green is very specific. Like if you look at the the data, the curves just like spike mm-hmm. at blue and green, and the Ilfords is just a nice a nice smooth uh, upswing until you hit a certain. Color and it might see a little bit of a little more of the the orange and stuff, whereas the X ray film just won't just won't see it at all. It's just not tall, you know, not sensitized for it. Also, another thing you'll you'll definitely like. It's very very hard to scratch that ortho film the same way. (laughs) You know, (laughs) gorilla mitts.
1: (laughs) No more pine needle storms.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you brought it to a whole nother like. It looks like a cat got to it. Oh, I know.
1: It looks looks great in the litter box.
2: but it looks great it looked great um I, I, it's I, a lot harder to scratch and there's um there's an anti-halation layer on that oh. stuff so it's oh. nice dreamy in the highlights yeah. on the ortho but it's still it's still going to give you a, a bit of that different look but kind of in between so if x-ray films like too much it's like yeah. a step down
0: isn't it awesome when like there's a film designed for a very technical reason and then creatives take it and do something else with it for example the specs online for ilford ortho plus seem very like copy Copy work, yep. yeah, like uh, well, ortholitho kind sure. of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yes, I was just gonna say I used to like to treat lift film. Yeah, Kodalith. Yeah, in particular. So this and is use it for real world.
0: This isn't actually designed to like, shoot portraits with. Like you th- could. Like whoever designed right. this wouldn't it, think that to was use not this. First no primary yeah. use. I have to. It's just kooky. Yeah, it really is. Like when I'm processing the X-ray film, like because you look at it and it's it's a harder film, mm-hmm. and like I'm there, you know, I use caffeine, also. I'm like thirty minutes there. Whew.
2: Whew. <sighs> Really? 30 minutes? Wow. 30 minutes. It usually caffinol. comes up quick. Oh,
0: no. It comes up slow. Wow. I can't even believe there's an image. And when you're looking at it in the red light, You sometimes you can't see it.
2: Yeah. you got to kind you of know, hold it at an angle. It's,
0: it's really unbelievable that a medical film is being shot creatively to do portraits. It's, it's kooky. But then when you get the results. They're
2: great. Yeah. It, it really and is amazing. At the cost of less than a frame of 35 mil. That's the big yeah. That's the big keeper. So
1: what are, we gonna, what are you going to soup the ortho in? Caffeinol? Well no. You know what? I would love to get some Cotoleth ABT. Develop.
2: Ooh, that'd be harsh.
1: Ooh. Yeah, you guys are still
0: in a different world. Like, I'm. High-contrast I, I know very little yeah. about but that. That you know. stuff would come up in so,
2: three minutes. So what she's talking about is inherent difference between all three of those films and a normal panchromatic film Right, is a panchromatic film is typically low contrast, trying to get like everything in the scene in there. These films are inherently high contrast. So when you hit it with a normal developer, it's still going to look pretty contrasty. If you hit it with a, a more dilute developer, say Caffinol, it's going to flatten it out a little right. bit. It's going to give it a nice look. Leslie's suggesting, <laughs> throw caution to the wind... <laughs> and use of like a super active uh, high contrast developer with like a high steroids con- yeah. yeah developer use high contrast film high contrast developer and you'll get her favorite Super high contrast yeah. uh, images. Is Maybe that right? you could
1: develop it in espresso instead of just regular <laughs> oh, cheap coffee. I Go for about the good that. stuff. Yeah. You'll, you'll
2: be buzzed. You'll get contact out. high. Just processing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about shooting espresso
1: <laughs> and all. Uh,
0: and I ordered some really crazy sizes. And as of the hmm. taping, it's not available yet. But I am determined to roll 120 film in the X-ray film. Ooh, And make it Lovely. available to FKPers. Yeah, wonderful. I'm a little concerned. I, te- I did a um, test roll, like taping three strips together. Yes. It rolled up really nice. If it's a continuous strip, it will roll up even better. But my concern is, is there any danger involved with the film being too thick for, let's say, a Mamiya 645 film holder?
1: Oh, oh good point. Are you going to put backing paper on it? Yes. Then
2: you might run into it. because you think of, it's too... Uh, it why be, I don't know, because, you know, thicker.
1: they're used to the 220s. It's a five worthy
2: experiment. Oh, I'd
0: definitely yeah. try it, yeah. Matt, do you have any idea where this idea originated like who was the first creative to take a medical product I piece of film and actually try like where did this
2: start um a lot of it started with some contacts of mine on the large format photography forum i don't know if they were the first ones to do it but the two main contacts also carbon printers because okay. we were they were all looking for ways to get super contrasty negatives that printed well for alternative process alternative process uses, uses uv light and it needs a really thick neg okay negs that print on um, silver well, sometimes just don't print on alternative process, so they wanted something that produced a nice a nice negative for that, and X-ray film seemed to do it. And a lot of them were just using it to like duplicate stuff. And Then a couple of them said, "Well, let's cut out the middleman and load it in our camera." Uh, one of those was uh, Andrew O'Neill. He's he's up in Canada, and then another gentleman was uh, Jim Fitzgerald. He's out in uh, sunny California, and they started talking about, wow, I'm just getting great results. So they started posting about it and then they started posting these amazing photos that people were like, this is not x-ray film, can't do that. And then everybody else started trying it and trying it and I think I caught on about a year after they did and here we are a year and a half later and it's like, yeah. x-ray film (laughs) do
0: serious photographers take joy in or get upset by something as secret as that goes little pop culture
2: i i think these guys are they're they're pretty cool like they're just happy to see that other people Mm -hmm. are picking up on it and then that what they were doing was like relevant so it's really cool to them i haven't met anybody now that's like oh darn you know this is the secret's out the the secret's out i mean because it's not like (laughs) we're not talking something with a finite supplies medical imaging exactly most of the world still uses analog x-ray imaging only only a lot of places there's places in the US And a couple places internationally that are starting to adopt digital. Millions of X-ray film processing centers are still consuming this stuff regularly. Right. And that drives the prices of X-ray film down significantly more than consumer-grade photographic film. Mm -hmm. And it's the same emulsions made by the same companies. So, I mean, there's Fuji, Fuji. there's Agfa, there's Kodak. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, no reason not to shoot it. It's really good stuff.
0: What is your take on the whole thing, Leslie?
1: I need to shoot some. I was just going to ask Matt, though, because I haven't shot it yet. Uh, What's the speed?
2: Uh, the speed varies, and it kind of varies with um, with the sensitivity. The yeah. blue sensitive is typically a lot lower speed, just because it's only sensitive to blue light. Throw a number at me twenty five to fifty. Typically, yeah. okay. I've been shooting at twenty five. Now okay. there's half the blue. Sp- there's a half speed blue and full speed blue. Full too. speed That's blue. That's right. There is um, the mm-hmm. half speed is obviously half of whatever the full speed speed is. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Is
0: there any significance to having color temperature meter? I
2: think you'd be better off, honestly, with a spectrophotometer because that would Ooh. give you that would, that would it'd give you the actual spectrum like the the wavelength right because the wavelength is is the real deal now we're getting way too techie but it does make a difference because if you're you have a very hot light source a very red light source you're not gonna get any image just because it's red light it's orange light we can't use that we have to use ultraviolet blue and green if it's blue ultraviolet and blue that's it
0: so technically speaking, you could shoot in, a f- use a fluorescent light as a source? Yeah, I always add a stop. Oh, you yeah, add a stop, okay.
2: Just, be, just for good measure. Whenever I'm inside, I always add a stop to it, and it mm-hmm. seems to do good. It also has uh, reciprocity problems, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a triax. I treat it like triax. Right. I think you're supposed to treat it like somewhere between Ilford and triax. So there's like, that's the other cool thing about like the, a small group. Mm-hmm. We're all discovering how it works. Right. So like the guys that have been doing it longer are, you know, they've been wasting more of the film, but they're learning at the same rate that people who just picked it up. Our learning because there's all this information document, right? In it. So, but if you Google X-ray film, you know the first things that come up: large format photography info or .dot info, uh, the forum, and my blog posts on it. The Google, Google. So you know it's like that's how little mm-hmm. it is out there.
0: Uh, I got an email from when I scratched the hell out of my test film. <laughs> Sean Hoke sent yes. me an email. He hit me to the fact of the fact that it's uh, emotional on both sides. There's no yep. shiny side. Yep. Of bleaching. The one side, yeah. one side off because
2: that was at the bottom of the tray. Yeah, the
0: majority of my scratches because I I, I pan developed four x five x-ray film with my emo- the emotion I shot emotion up, so the side I did not shoot was getting scratched s- scratched to sheets <laughs> <laughs> in the tray. Oh yeah. Uh, so I took him up on that suggestion and I bleached one side off, and it did. Amazingly reduce the amount of scratch. Yeah, and
2: if you're used to bleaching uh Fuji negatives, same. same thing.
0: I do I just mm-hmm. do it in my hand these days.
2: I, I wear a glove.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And then I took um uh what is a, a, a brush that's designed for a designed for a barbecue. Yes, basic. <laughs> and I, just, I just like sh- sh- brush on the thick uh bleach, bleach gel. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then it just it just sh- melts right away.
2: It's very quick, yeah. Yeah.
0: I suggest wearing gloves because you you don't want your flesh to melt away. Very good. <laughs>
2: now you know what i do mike what's that uh, completely different i use and this is coming from those two guys andrew o'neill and jim fitzgerald I, I trust those guys with my life when it comes to film because they just they've been doing it way longer than i've been alive um hangers and tanks easiest oh, stuff t- ever yes yes, yes. that's what it's called hangers and tanks i just yes. they're stainless steel hangers and developing tanks so the hangers basically it's just like a wire frame it looks like a coat hanger but it fits a eight by ten piece of film it's got a little hinge you open it up and what's really nice is the hanger exposes it, it's only holding the outside of the film. Okay. So it lets both sides of the emulsion get developed. So I'm I'm pretty I, I handle my stuff pretty gingerly. Lauren's seen me in the dark room, you know, just very, very dainty. Right. Stick it in and is out. it
0: like dunking basically? Yeah,
2: yeah. It's like a dip and dunk tank. So you you kinda hold all your hangers. I do six at a time. The
0: hangers go on top or they slide it on the side? Nope.
2: They well like they six. slide it, they slide in through the top and they close. And then you dunk you dunk them in the tank, and then you, to agitate, you pull them out, and you you dunk you dip halfway to drain, and then you put it back in. Then the next minute, you drain it the other way, and you just go about your Do business. Do you have to produce an
0: amazing amount of more developer to fill the tank?
2: Well, that's why I use my one shot pyro. Yeah. One shot <laughs> pyro. My my pyro cat. Yeah, you know we. Is uh, it one shot uh, hanger? No, 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 no! I do six. Oh, okay. I do six at a time. Okay. Oh, I but see. that's a gallon of developer. Yes.
1: So you'd want something like rhodan or, or caffeinol or something. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, so how many ounces? Let's say, would you? need to fill up a hanger and tank?
2: Uh, 3.8 3. 8 <laughs> liters. So it's a gallon, so 64 ounces. It's like <laughs>
1: And then they also modify... See, I use 5x7 hangers, but it fits in the 8x10 tank. She
2: can fit, too. Yeah. Do, so.
0: do different developers, like the different developers, yeah. <laughs> need... Like, some developers are don't have to agitate. Like, do you need to agitate film in developer, or not really?
2: Um, well, it depends on how you want it to look, too. Oh. Um, I, to get to make... You've seen my X-Ray film. When I started, it was very contrasty. As I, got, oh. as I got more control over it, basically what I was finding was if I agitate the film less and I do what's called semi-stand or stand mm-hmm. developing, which is kind of like laissez-faire, very hands-off yeah. on, on the Like on go the get a croissant.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you get exactly. Out of the, well, that's hard, though, if you're doing tank. Oh, that's right. Because you may be open. Right. Yeah. So.
2: But I just kind of leave it semi-stand for about 15 to 30 minutes. It's usually somewhere in there. But the cool thing is, you know, you can develop by inspection. So you can look at the creamy negative image that's coming up and say, oh... This one's got five more minutes on it, and oh look at that! Pull it out, put it in the water. Or if it's coming up too fast, I put it in the cold water to kind of stop it. Yeah, and, yeah. And so all my negatives are coming up pretty even, and I can control it. This is this is kind of that crux of X-ray film that like no one tells you about. It's like right, it's a lot more work. You, and, you're trading money for yeah. time. You really are. Anything to add about?
1: Well, I just was thinking, not necessarily X-ray film on the um, uh, hanger system.
0: Have you used the hanger and tankers? Probably a long I don't have time the tank ago. yet. I have the hangers oh. for
1: the five x seven. They're getting pricey, but, uh, really. But I haven't done X-rayed it, so it's traditional Ilford, and it's a little tougher. I can do it in the tray.
0: Is it grab what you can, uh, or, like, or are these still being manufactured?
2: Hangers and tanks? Yeah, they haven't been ma- made since the '60s. Tanks oh. not a problem. You can go to your yeah, local. You can get hard Shotland rubber tanks. Plastics and have them whip you up a tank. Oh, okay. Yeah, the hard rubber hangers. tanks are cheap hangers.
0: Conceivably, if you're handy, is there something that you can make yourself? By going to Walmart or Best Buy or like Target or... I would
2: say for the even more resourceful, and this is usually for large format, ultra large format, if you're shooting 5x7 or larger Mm -hmm. in the x-ray film, get the actual medical x-ray hangers. They're even better. They look like little gator clips on the hanger, you just clip, clip, and you know, it it dings up the corner. Not dings it, but it like pulls off a little bit of emulsion, Mm -hmm. but it does the same thing. And the medical x-ray ones, they're like five bucks. Whereas Five the bucks. the, yeah. the hey. Kodak hangers are like fifty bucks, right? But right. that would
1: save your necks from having cat scratch fever, then wouldn't it? Exactly, it's my, my kind fever. of fever.
2: It's my kind of podcast.
1: We're, it is. We're getting all these. I'm, I'm getting on. a little yeah. worried
0: because a I haven't mentioned Polaroid, b- barely. B for all <laughs> the folks out there that are shooting 35 millimeter, they're like what
1: show? <laughs> we'll be back with that. Yeah, <laughs> hold we, on, hold on.
0: Like tab this podcast because you know if you're really into film photography, you'll You'll make your way to shooting something a uh, large format, even if you don't buy the camera yourself, you can go to a workshop you can you could uh i don't know oh get the travel wide get the travel sure. there you yeah go. i mean there there's gonna be w- ways I think to shoot the larger format stuff uh moving forward when you have guys like the two guys in Chicago. what are their names?
2: uh Ben Syverson and Justin Blunt. yes,
0: who are like whipping stuff up in their three d printer yes. You know, so uh, hang, in, hang in there. Matt, do
2: you have a letter about hangers and tanks? <laughs> yeah, I really do. This is this is crazy. So this is from uh, uh, Jeffrey Marr, and he, uh, as as well as telling us some great things about converting uh, a 120 roll film to 127, and we'll have a tutorial up on that on the FPP site. But another part of his uh, his email asks, hey, could Matt go into any experience he's had with Yankee or any other such development tanks for 4x5? Yankee? Uh uh-oh leslie's got something made one
1: too i just love to get my hands on have you seen that
2: Mm, those are rare
1: those are rare and they just spiral in i don't know how many maybe half joe
2: joe bow made their tanks based off of those so yankee tanks are um i would say the bottom of the barrel developing tanks like i I don't recommend anybody unless i don't like them (laughs)
1: like (laughs)
2: don't don't develop your film in Yankees. there's always something wrong with them they're leaky right
1: well, not to bash them, but they were considered a low-end darkroom product. Their whole product line was very budget. Yeah, but does, but does it work?
0: Is it light leaks, like why wouldn't light, you light buy leaks it? light leaks? Okay,
2: yeah, and just the construction, it doesn't hold a lot. And if you're going to go with any hangers and tanks, I always suggest the old Kodak stainless steel and the hard rubber tanks. They're great. They mm-hmm. eat, they eat chemistry because, like, we're talking a minimum of one gallon, maximum of six gallons of chemistry. You're using it takes a lot. But I love hangers and tanks because you can do stand and semi-stand development for them so you can let it sit there and get a nice uh get a very contrasty shot bring bring the contrast down just mm-hmm. a really nice printable range get a very nice negative for scanning um tanks yeah just, tanks are great Jobo makes tanks that, now Jobo <laughs> those are obviously going to be continuous agitation which is a little bit different there's also a, a great tank that's made brand new and sold on the eBay it's called Mod 45 or Mod 54 because they're in the UK okay and oh I heard a Mod 54 yeah yes. and I guess May 1st Mod 54 is coming out with a brand new tank. They had a teaser on the Facebook for it. So um, there's a lot of great tanks, just not the Yankee. <laughs> Yankee. You can even
1: use um, can Patterson tanks. Too. Yeah. You, you can, can tube develop.
2: Tube develop. Those are um, they call them BTZS tube. tubes now. Well, those are
1: tubes, but you can also get the old Cibachromes. Yep. Old Bessler drums. Bestlers. The Besslers are nice yep. because they take half the amount of chemistry. Yes, they
2: do. They take very little chemistry. One and a
1: half ounces per eight by ten inch. Coverage
2: area, and you can also do the taco method with that's my favorite with <laughs> patterson tanks you get the the the, tr- oh. the triple do you use sec. the mild of the hot sauce with this it's hot all the way <laughs> i don't i don't recommend the taco method i've seen too much like variability just get a, a dedicated tank
0: like the uh, doritos nacho cheese taco is taking the country by storm by
2: the way okay was- so i saw the funniest article about this Uh, i I sent it i sent it to lauren the name the name of the the name of the article was uh food world collapses in on itself as doritos announces the doritos locos taco flavored doritos think about
0: that oh my
2: god whoa it's like thinking about planet of the apes of how the
0: time space works it's it's folding in on itself yeah
2: my my head
0: blew up yeah if they released that they are. A black hole will open up, and the earth will just disappear into it. just a
1: su- giant sinkhole.
0: Matt, that is the most insane thing
2: I have ever heard in my Can life. Can you
1: say that one more time?
2: Doritos Locos Flavored Doritos. Der- or, I'm sorry, Doritos Locos Tacos Flavored Doritos. <gasps> I know, it hurts. <laughs> but th- they've got to be so good. <laughs> it
0: mm. doesn't make any mm. sense. <laughs>
2: I guess they add a beef flavor
0: in <laughs> it. It has to be, right? Because I- the only thing... I don't know. That's I don't know. it's insane. It sounds crazy. It's, it's like, it's like they can't. They leave good thing alone. No. Then <laughs> flip the flip side of that would be. A
1: Doritos suction yeah.
0: Then there'll be a a a a los. What is it called? Doritos. A los Doritos taco
2: flavored Doritos chip flavored taco. Like they'll yeah. do it again. It'd be like Doritos Locos Taco Squared.
1: Oh. I think I'm getting a headache. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw a little blurb on that in like uh, a business report. It's yeah. hugely successful. Oh yeah, huge. So yeah, uh, four x yeah. five tanks definitely. Tanks. Yeah, taco method. Mm-hmm. Taco. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna go get some right now.
0: Well, good. Okay, we got that letter covered.
2: Covered. Excellent.
0: Excellent. And since we're talking about uh, large format photography, it would be a perfect segue for you to talk about large format tips
2: a lot of people are buying lenses they buy a camera the first thing they do is buy like all the lenses Yeah, like me <laughs> <laughs> four by five or eight by ten or, or any well yeah four or five is typically you can go lens crazy because they're a little cheaper a little right. more widely available but there's there's a, not all lenses are created equal you know a lot of different the the advantage and disadvantage at the same time to large format were that there was, was a, a wide gamut of lenses most of them are all very 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 high quality but they're not they were there's a larger time range in which they were made. You know, so it's not like every every cannon is y- your lenses are going to be fifties and better. Large format four x five. Your lenses could be as old as the eighteen fifties. Oh my goodness! Th- through something that's just made by Schneider last week. Schneider. And not all are qu- created equal. We have uh, we have uncoated lenses, mm-hmm. which are like these old pieces of brass with these just big old pieces of glass in there mm-hmm. and they have a m- soft mushy people like the Boca kind of look mushy yeah, just mushy, kind of low contrast look to them. And then we have single coated lenses. Those started in, I think, the nineteen teens and went up through the fifties mm-hmm. and sixties. And those are slightly better for your black and white films. And then you get to your multi coating lenses, and you have these co- lenses today that have three, four, five coatings on them. B B A R. There you go. L- Leslie is the one to talk to about B-B-A-R, all the different coatings. But
1: but they they have aff- anti reflective coating.
2: Yeah, they they affect the way. That, uh, that light's coming through there, and it affects things like how colors look. So if you shoot a color film with these lenses, how, how they look, and that's going to affect your price. Uh, funny enough, <laughs> uncoated lenses have the widest range because your 4x5 uncoated lenses come almost free. You know, your tiny little guys in the in the little Alfax shutters, and yeah, they go for almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Your are your 203 or 207 millimeter lenses your 135s those go for pretty cheap but then you have these giant big brass lenses that are going for thousands of dollars because people are using them for wet plate very fast lenses
0: how do you choose a lens without going mad because there's so much choice and you can get the, s- the film sweats
2: here's my here's my jaded matt opinion on, <laughs> on large format lenses buy modern lenses okay modern lenses have never been cheaper yeah. like never They've you don't never- need
0: an antique 1888 lens do you
2: i mean if you if you want that look but most of the time it's like you want that because you want to make somebody else's image and you can make a lot of great images just get the get the modern lens you won't have to worry about worry about flare the right. color of it i mean and they're, they're super cheap lenses that sold for three, four, five thousand dollars, not even ten years ago, are selling for two or three hundred now. So, and all the antique lenses have gone way, way up just because they look antique, not necessarily because they work well. They're modern. If they're in a modern shutter, it's probably not going to have as many problems. Where, Older lenses. So. Where would
0: you buy such a thing? Do you go on Craigslist and then meet some guy in the Kmart oh, parking I, lot?
2: I hate buying lenses like that. <laughs> there's one. There's one place I trust. Or do you go to like a flea market? You ever see the guys? They have like a blanket
0: down. And they have like <laughs> carpal it's <laughs> piled up, and you'll see like a lens in there. No, I've I've bought a lens
2: like that before.
0: Like where were you? Where were, if like you bought a camera and you don't have a lens, or you want to buy an additional lens for your four x five, eight by ten camera, like where is a go to place?
2: Oh come on, you know K E H. Oh, you know I was gonna say K E H, but I thought I didn't know if they stocked. They do. It's like a it's like a secret almost. Yeah, they stock a whole host of four x five lenses. Now, they, they really they, they really are the bomb. They are, and they they check everything they tell you everything that's wrong with that lens so. anyone that i've
0: run across or seen
2: emails or posts online everyone is very satisfied with their keh experience alex alex laux came to me for some for some 4x5 questions he he bought his 4x5 before mm-hmm. he came to the fpp midwest walking workshop and said hey i'm on keh <laughs> what which ones are good i said they're on keh which ones do you want like right because there's no thinking about it you just they're they're going and to they're be not,
0: good it seems that they're not price gouging either like no, very they're, fair they're, they're price. fair
2: they're, I feel like if you look if you're like one of those people that researches on eBay of what fair market value is they're like they're like 60 percent of what the you know the average auction auction mm-hmm. is on eBay they're they're right there with the prices and if you're lucky if the price is going up the first place you check when you see eBay prices going up check keh mm-hmm. because they take you know the the brick- and- mortar shops take time to catch up and you're gonna get a good deal like Hasselblads, those things couple when I bought mine were cheap now they're up. before they went up KEH was a place to go the markets kind of crazy; like it's it, the whole enthusiasm there, there's so many more people into it. So the cost is going up because we are dealing with a finite supply. Yeah. I think everybody's seeking these old vintage looking items, whether yeah. or not they're good. And these modern, these perfectly good modern lenses that are, you know, younger than the 4x5 or 8x10 you're putting it on, they're great. Yeah. I love them. I mean, I I tricked out my, my Cinar with these beautiful new lenses. And Your former Cinar. Oh, come on. It was in your shop one day.
1: I sold it.
2: Cinar yeah. is your 8x10. The the monorail, the big Monorail camera, <laughs> yeah. which
0: is, it's a field camera. You take it outside. I treat it like a field camera. It is ace. It's supposed to never leave the studio. was <laughs> a good question. From someone who would like to shoot 8x10 photography, no, you me, don't. <laughs> what is the most portable, easiest, to just fold up and go shoot with, 8x10 camera?
2: Probably a, a, a Wista or a Takahara. Oh, is that right? They make a very—it's—it's it's identical to yours. To your it's just by eight five. by ten. It's just bigger. Yeah. No kidding. And You're wasting more money on film. You know. So yeah, just fold. Stick with the four by five. It just fold, It just folds up. Yeah. My advice to anyone comes right out of uh, right out of ha- Heavy Gilmore. Like, just <laughs> stay here, stay as long as you can. Right. Don't don't ever go. Like, if I had learned four by five, I never would have gone up. Matt, are you afraid that uh,
0: people are going to start shooting 8x10 and make it like a household? Like, Oh house?
2: no, if it's household, it brings film prices down, so okay. I'm okay with that. No, I just like I want to save people the headache, because like, some people get it and they're like, what do you mean I should only be shooting? I can only shoot like two or three reasonably in a shoot, or I can shoot because oh, of the price. The price, it's it's yeah, and that's why we're pushing, I think we push the x-ray right. film a little bit, because it's cheap.
0: Well, maybe in the, like less than a year, me and Mark Dalzell and Dane could be like, we're coding
2: our own emulsion in their smooth tech lab. You sure. can go take a workshop at the George Eastman house. They have three workshops this year. Make your own film? How to make your own orthochromatic (laughs) emulsion. Wow. They're already sold out.
1: And they said, "Um, what are you going to do when they don't make film? And I said, I'll have Matt Mirage coat me some. Right. So yeah, that's yeah. not a problem. Wow, I that shrimp got off a truck one. That got
2: out of hand quickly. <laughs> it did. So I should <laughs> I should curb my I
0: should curb my gas gear acquisition syndrome because it is. I have to tell you, like I'm not a huge collector, but I have a lot of stuff and you always want to buy stuff and yeah, just shoot I'm and shooting 4x5 and I think you will admit that within a you know, between now and like a year ago, I'm actually out there shooting. Yes. Which is a big difference. Remember we used to come to you the studio? you so scared. It would be like a heap like there'd be my there's like cobwebs on it. The Mamiya Six Forty Five was in a heap for over a year. The uh, K- Crown Graphic was just in the box for well over a year. Yes, until we like fumbled through mm. that video, which by the way <laughs> is like our top rated video. Oh my gosh, there's it's like, over fifty thousand. Like, yeah, because people don't know this is a button up <laughs> <laughs> People
1: are like, how do I open this? Oh yes, I yeah I
2: know. It's, it's true. It really is. Yeah, I
0: know. But I think it is very important because I had said to Matt before, and this applies to all folks listening too, I'm like, oh, Matt, I think I want 8 by 10 You're like... Ah oh, Mike, you're not even shooting 4x5. Get out there and shoot and then talk. Shoot, to me. just shoot. Yeah. Like, I don't want to talk to you. He's like, you go out there and shoot and then we'll talk.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and it wasn't a cocky thing. It's just like you have to shoot it enough to to find out if that's the the way you like to do it and yeah. I, I'm to the point, you know, maybe I just feel like a jaded old man at this point, but it's like I like not yeah. I like well, shooting cause I want two you to by 10.
0: <laughs> if Oh, well, I'm sure it'll happen. Well, people Good. listening, if you're getting just into if you're just getting into large format photography, I can tell you that at first it was very difficult. I was very, like, you're resistant to it. You feel awkward doing it. Very much so. Um, yeah. There's those steps involved with setting up the lens, focusing. And I'm happy to report that, like, I'm over the hump now. And now it feels very natural. It feels very easy. Like that Mark yeah. Dalzell.
1: <laughs> like every time Ding. I say Mark, there's a little count here. Ding. Ding. Ding.
0: The Mark Dalzell portrait. Great portrait. Was, it was like after we done, finished taping, I'm like, Mark, let me get your portrait. Dane as well. And it was so. It was like. Over by the window. Bounce car. You hold this. Squat,
2: you're not even thinking about it. You're no, just
0: doing beautiful. it. Yeah. Just doing it. Load the film. <frosting> done. Love it. And it felt very natural. Yeah. So if you're shooting, whether you're shooting large format or even medium format, and you feel stunted, like if you feel. Like, oh, my God, I can't do this. If you feel like you can't get over the task of the technical, you will.
2: You just have to keep doing it.
0: You you have to give it a chance. Same thing with now I'm in the the dark room. Granted, I'm not printing yet, but I'm in there, like, just zipping around, cutting film, doing this, Uh doing that. I mentioned to Leslie I want to get a grinder, which is a (laughs) word that doesn't exist, (laughs) for a machine that you'll put your film in one end, and you grind it with a big grinder, and it will cut...
2: Perfor- it will per- per- yep. perforate your film.
1: Exactly. All the little holes will just fly mm-hmm. right out the side. I
2: bet you could get like a scrapbooking tool. You know how they use those <gasps> rollers that yes. make the little dots? I yeah. bet you could do something like They'd be really crappy looking sprockets, yeah. but you could. grow <laughs> would, would grind in your camera.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great for the OMG because it doesn't use them anyway. Is there such
0: a thing? What, what makes perfs for 35mm? Big stamper? Yeah, it's a big stamper. So it just goes through. Yeah, it doesn't and, exist, and it, huh? It, no D-
2: DIY, make your own perfs? I, I you bet. I, you should look at scrapbooking tools because it looks like a pizza roller, you know, and it's got oh. the little, and you can just stamp that would it be right the fr-
1: That would be the first step. You'd start cranking them out by hand, and then all the orders would come in. Like, I got to get better, and then you get the big old electric version. And
2: yeah. you know that x-ray film's really hardy. Like, have you ever tried to tear that stuff? You it's, can't it, tear it. it oh, yeah, exactly. it's cardboard.
0: No, it's it's hard. And it's very thick, it's, yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Oh, since we're talking about x-ray film, before we go, <laughs> this show, watch show? It... When I'm cutting it, uh, now I'm, I'm thinking This is what I'm thinking uh, The portraits that I developed As you noticed Had a lot of smudging On the outside Which yes. actually gave it A very nice look I But I think I'm thinking it's because It was in the developer And everything was soft yeah. When I'm handling it Cutting it, you, is can it st- you can still scratch it then Scratch it But can you, you smudge it um, not really Yes human oil Oh I have gloves I have oh, okay. latex gloves okay. on
1: okay. um,
2: Powderless of course
1: Of course <laughs> I know you can
2: scratch it Like loading it And stuff Like I'm very oh. careful Loading the holders and stuff But I've I've never Actually wiped away Right. Emulsion. So I'm guessing it's during it's during development. Now yeah. another way you can tame uh, the way they develop too is giving it a nice pre bath. Oh. X ray film pre-what? likes to like, it's like to pre wash it.
1: Don't you pre wet everything you do? Oh. I, I pre wet everything oh. I do, everything but
2: especially X ray film it? in processing. You uh, because it will the emulsion is already like soaked up with a bunch of water and as you put it into the developer it just kind of diffuses out more evenly and not just soaks up the first thing that touched you know because a couple seconds can make a big difference with a five minute developing time
0: i just throw everything in the
2: developer like Pre-wed. Yeah, but I always wash it like X-ray film is film's like five minutes. Yeah, you, you pour that
1: pre-wet out, and it's purple or it's yeah, green, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, the pre-wet, the pre-wet on
0: X-ray film looks like urine. Does it? I Jello? always forget to do it. Huh. You know, I just dump it in. I use caffeine, so it's already it's like you know murky. Yeah, you can't see any anything. Mm-hmm. So
2: the X-ray film makes my developer come out like. Blood orange, it's weird. No kidding. Yeah.
0: You don't think about that, but when you put a piece of film in the developer, especially if you don't pre wash it, what is lifting off?
2: Well, it's is it's not really lifting off. It's mm. just abs- it's just what well, you're saying diffusing it's purple, in purple, urine, yellow. Like what is that color? What oh, is all that oh, color?
1: Could I think s- the antihalation backing. Yeah, in but some there's films, there's no antihalation on X ray.
2: X ray. It does have like it's a very thin anti scratch. It doesn't do much because people scratch it all the time. Yeah. I don't know what what yeah. it is. I, it might be an incorporated developer. Yeah. To
0: the be? film. I, this has been a mind blowing. Awesome show. You're not going to believe this, but we have to go soon. Oh. Did we forget anything?
2: Well, I, I, can I give a shout out? Yeah. For the 35mm shooters out there, you, you'll be proud to hear. I shot some 35 during the FPP Midwest walking. Andrew Bartram. Yes. From the UK was kind enough to send me three rolls of 35mm Kodak tech Pan. Oh. oh. So I shot a roll for him at the, nice. at the meetup because... It's my favorite thirty-five millimeter. Is that film. right? Yeah, the what only are going to film.
1: What you develop in? Huh? Oh, probably pyro. In, uh, pyro. Pyro. Oh, yeah. oh.
2: But I I, do, I dilute it in half. <laughs> okay. And that tames it.
1: What if I got you some uh, tech pan developer?
2: If you got me some Technodol, um, yeah, uh-huh. I would be very very pleased. to. I'll, I'll, wow. I'll check. All right. Might have some. Wow, Matt
0: shooting um, thirty-five.
2: So yeah, there's there's yeah. I don't. No. I don't hate in, on anything. You oh know? no, I didn't. I didn't. All
0: I didn't think you did. But it, what happens is when you start shooting medium format, you sometimes you for months or a year you can forget about a particular format. Exactly. You know, you forget about. Oh my God. You know, let me shoot some one ten. Let me shoot a quirky format. One two three. Forget about it. You find little pockets.
2: Pockets. <laughs> Got no pockets. <laughs> you
0: find little pockets. Like oh my God, I think today I'm gonna you know shoot some thirty five. We're not gonna talk about this show.
1: What show? APS
0: film. Ooh. Ooh. I almost was gonna call it. Yeah, you know, like like those thirty-five millimeter SLR APS cameras. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> L- folks out there listening, you can get in contact us. In contact with us, <laughs> podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. dot com. That's how you can reach us. And feel free to uh, you know visit the site, podcast videos, our FPP store. Really do, you know, take a swim in the store. Check it out. See what's going on there. This has been an awesome show because we're talking about a lot of things that, you know, I'm just touching upon. And it's really exciting to to kind of like, you know, do something new, you know, with the format, with whatever format you're shooting. Sheet film and throwing in some coffee to develop it. Jumping into medium format for the first time. I mean, it's all super exciting and we want to hear from you. Please do, you know, write us. Hey, until next time, smooth out. Smooth. double cheese and sausage
2: right here dude am I hallucinating here just what in the hell do you think you're doing learning about Cuba having some food Mr. Spicoli you're on dangerous ground here you're causing a major disturbance on my time
1: I've been thinking about this Mr. Hand if I'm here and you're here doesn't that make it our time
2: we certainly there's nothing wrong with a little feast on our time
1: You're absolutely right, Mr. Spicoli. It is our time. Yours, mine, and everyone else's in this room. But it is my class. Hamilton, Brandt, Cornfeld, up front. Mr. Spicoli has been kind enough to bring us a snack. Be my guest. Help yourselves. Get a good one.